0: This is producer Liam and we are Outside the Lines podcast and we welcome on a very special guest as always presented by BNC Fieldhouse. Uh, Go to BNC, best place to watch the game. Next question, they have all the four loco you can drink and we're blessed today to have a sponsored four loco athlete in the house, Rory Walling back again. Rory, thanks for coming on. This is part two of our of our interview and I'm not done with my intro for you, but, uh, last time you were on, you agreed to be our, uh, swimming correspondent. I told Newton Mason, there's no way you remember this, but that will come up at one point in the interview. So be ready for that. Uh, perfect. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Good to, day. Good to <laughs> you right on. You're one of our favorite guests. Yeah. Rory. I just wanted to honestly start
1: off with asking how the locker room was after the Oki state game. Cause I think, um, Way too many times I always start off with, like, the negative thing or something like that with the interviews. I don't know. Maybe I've just been noticing it with, with myself lately. But I'm like, let's not do that. Let's start off with something fun. And that Okie State game, it just felt kind of like one of those perfect games where, you know, all sides of the ball were just – it was really just clicking. And even Oki State had a good game too. But, you know, how what was that vibe with, you know, celebrating all of the fans after they stormed the field? And, you know, what, what might have been – I guess yeah, Purdy and a lot of these guys last time celebrating with fans on the field.
2: Yeah, no, it was awesome, you know, and and like you said, we've had we've had multiple games in the past uh TCU, Texas, uh teams like that where uh, we've stormed the field and that type of deal and uh and every time they storm the field, it's it's a completely different experience it seems like. So, uh you kind of we weren't really expecting them to really storm the field. Um but after a great game like that, it was pretty awesome for them to come out there. Um, but, you know, it's always a challenge getting off the field and you got the whole team waiting in there to, you know, get out. But, um, you know, being able to, you know, take pictures and uh, see see friends that you haven't seen, you know, in, in months, you know, meet them on the field after a game like that, it's, it's really fun. So, um, you know, and like you said, it was, that was a great game. That was one of my favorite games in the entire season. Uh, talk about a, a true team win. Um, that, it was, it was a blast, so.
1: What do you think, um, like, did that compare, uh, you know, as, as your favorite field storm compared to TCU and what was the other one? I'm totally blanking on it. Was uh, Oklahoma West yeah. yeah, West Virginia. Thank you.
2: Uh, yeah, I would say it was my personal favorite, um, because I, I played the most in that one rather than the others. Uh, it's a different feeling when you've actually contributed into the game and then have them storm. Um. But, uh, you know, it, it, it was a lot of fun. And for that, to, uh, you know, as, as a senior and having that be a moment of the season, uh, you know, it kind of seemed like the perfect storm. We got a little bit of everything throughout the season, um, including a, a, a storm, a storming of the field like that. So, love it.
0: Uh, so, Rory, you just mentioned about being a senior. So, I haven't seen an Instagram post from you officially announcing your retirement. So you haven't yeah. checked that box yet. Are you officially retired?
2: You know, I, I am, I am retired from Iowa state football. Um, I, I did breaking, post, news. breaking news. You heard it here first. <laughs> um, I am, I am retired. Um, you know, I, I'm going to finish my master's at the end of the summer. Um, and you know, I think it's time to, you know, move on to, to just different things, not better, just different. So, um, but it was awesome. Awesome. Five years. I uh, you knew I signed up for five years coming into it and, uh, you know, I just think it's the best decision overall, um, physically and mentally, and just kind of to move on to that next chapter. Um, yeah, I will say
3: congrats on, on retirement. Um, that's, that's huge. Not a lot of people can say they retire this early in their life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um with that, I, I, um, I'm a huge cheesy guy. So I want to ask like, just how cool is the Cheez-It bowl? Like what was like the cool like I feel like all the the swag or like stuff surrounding it was so cool and cheese it does a great job with yeah. like branding. One, how many cheeses did you eat while you were in Orlando? And then two, what's like the coolest piece of like Cheez-It branded thing
2: that you guys got while you were there? Yeah, no doubt. So, um so I I'm kind of weird. I like to eat during practice. I just I, I get hungry. I want to snack. And uh, usually my go-to is like just goldfish crackers, um, but uh, you know when in Rome, uh, I was just eating Cheez-Its. So uh, I ate probably at least two bags, like two of the mini bags of Cheez-Its uh, during every practice we were down there, um, and then they had them like scattered all over the place. So uh, there was plenty of Cheez-Its to go around, and uh, I would say I probably consumed the most out of everybody. Um, but uh, but the coolest deal, I mean uh, you know, we, we got a $400 gift card to Amazon, which was pretty awesome. Um, but they also gave us like this water bottle and it has like cheese it and the whole bowl game deal, whatever on the water bottle. And, uh, as they're handing the water bottles out, um, one of the workers like came up and she was like, Oh yeah, this, uh, this, this holds a whole bottle of wine. I was like, Oh, okay. That's really random. She was like, yeah, yeah. I, I was using it yesterday. I was like, Cool. Thanks. Thanks for the information. That was that was awesome. So I I the water bottle is pretty sweet. So
0: it does Rory, sound trying really better than to get the you to... PS5.
2: <laughs> exactly.
3: <laughs> Say it sounds like she was trying to get you to like maybe use the water bottle for wine with her. She's kind of throwing out facts like that. She
2: might have. I mean, I'm not I'm not a big wine guy, but I mean I can't turn down a, a rose.
1: So you mentioned that. Turn the turn the tide here a little bit. <laughs> you mentioned that your playing career is over, so I'm backpedaling a little bit. Yep. But what about your career as the future special teams coordinator for the Iowa State Cyclones? Huh? <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, I
2: don't know about all that. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, but no, I um, like I said, I'm retired, and uh, I don't exactly have uh, a whole bunch of um set in stone plans for for the foreseeable future but um i would like to coach in some aspect and uh if if i get an opportunity i'd I'd love to jump on it so i'd hear it
0: damn all right so so yeah i i have a i'll bring up the swimming thing real quick so yeah swimming team correspondent we know you're a huge swimming guy right you brought up high school you might have some uh, friends on the swimming team right now. Uh, yeah, Howard, give us give us a thirty second synopsis on how Iowa State swimming is this year.
2: So we just beat TCU um, this past weekend. Big win. It's a it's a very good team, um, and uh, they're swimming real fast. We we got some good times. Just got back from Puerto Rico, so that was good for them. Um, but overall, they're they're doing well. They're on pace to to have a good showing at Big Twelves, and uh, we'll see what happens after that. So the swim team's doing great, though. You thinking Natty? You know, I don't think that might be in the works. I think uh, in, in a in a good culture setting stage of a uh, of a swim team right now. So um, you know, it's all about getting the PRs. So
0: gotcha. what will that part out. <laughs> <laughs> Oh
3: shit! <laughs> All right, I guess I'll be the Debbie Downer here since Mason said he was going to refrain from it. But yep, <laughs> you know, as, as we kind of headed, you know, it was the the sort of the most talented team Iowa State's had this year, and we as fans had pretty high expectations. Um, and I guess, like, I, I kind of want to touch on, you know, you even said, like, Oklahoma State is, like, a complete team game. And I think it's, like, watching us play a game like that is then when you watch Iowa State, like, week in and week out, you expect or hope for performances like that because when you see stuff like that, it's right. like, wow, this team can compete with anyone. So just, you know, like, we know this, this season was a roller coaster. What was kind of, do you think, the most frustrating part of the season? And how do you guys kind of, like, Deal with the ebbs and flows of you know being in so many close games and, and then just getting back you know like level and, and getting and focus on the next game and just kind of you know not not dwelling on the past with it
2: yeah no doubt so um i mean i think the first thing that we all have to remember is um you know no one wants to win the games as much as we do you know there was a whole nick statement said that in the interview um you know weeks ago You know, no no one wants to win more than the players, you know, even more so than the coaches. Um, And so so obviously every every loss is tough. Um, But, you know, you kind of have to have short term memory because in the Big 12, um, every team can beat any team at any point of the season. And that's just how the Big 12 is. It's um, probably the most competitive conference top to bottom. Um and and we've seen that, you know. I mean, this is the first year or first season in years where uh Oklahoma and Texas weren't in the Big 12 championship game. Um, and so uh, you know, keeping that short-term memory, you know, yes, learn from your mistakes, but you have to also remember you're gonna have another top 25 team or uber talented team um that uh that's gonna come in or, or we're gonna go to the next week. So I mean, uh the the only I wouldn't say it's frustrating, but, um, you know, I think I think the best part about the season for us was the fact of, um, you know, we were able to um, make those bounce backs. There was never a, a catastrophic game where we were losing by 30, 40 points, whatever it was, um, which has been seen, you know, uh, in past teams. Um, you know, we were able to always hang in the game, uh, never die easy, uh, you know, the whole spiel. Um, because that's kind of what we're built on. And that's kind of what the entire team's built on. You know, we're going to give you our best shot. And it might not be our day. Um, but that's all right. Um, because at the end of the day, we know that we got each other and we'll be just fine. So.
1: Love that. Um, I want to reflect back on one game in particular, West Virginia. in you know, to compare apples to apples, you know, we were getting some reactions from Dak Prescott and some of these Cowboys players from, you know, this Sunday, this past Sunday night's game and how it did all come down to that play. And they, they were showing their real frustrations with the refs. In my opinion, that, that was just one play that they're voicing their frustrations off of and they can feel how they feel about it, but the game should never come down to one play. And <laughs> that's when I think, you know, if you, if you, Bash on refs, then it's it's a little cheap. But that West Virginia game, it was it was wild. It was one thing after another. To their credit, they were tough calls. They were, but it felt like most all of them. I don't want to say they just didn't go our way. It it truly felt like we kind of got gypped of many many calls there. And you know, with the game that still came down to the end, I didn't hear anyone say, "Oh, you know, blame the refs." Like no one did that. But as a fan, I'm like, how can you not? So you know separating the professionality of, you know, just being a football player and being, you know, hyper mature in those situations, because credit to you guys for doing that. How was, you know, your inner self feeling like, oh my gosh, we just cannot catch a break here.
2: Yeah. You know, um, and and you mentioned that they were tough calls and, and I think, and you kind of answered your own question with, you know, we shouldn't have been putting ourselves in those positions, you know, don't make them make the call don't, don't make the referees. Don't put the game in the referee's hands. Um, You know, football is a game of many calls and, you know, gosh, and they can be game changing, um, which is obviously understandable. It's part of the game, but, um, you know, you just, you just can't let the referees dictate what's actually going to happen. And that's just, that comes down to playing disciplined football, Uh, you know, playing smart, um, playing, playing physical with emotion, but under under control motion um, because if you don't then you're going to get in games like that um, where uh, you're, you're leaving it up to the referees and you know obviously historically at iowa state leaving the game up to the refs isn't great and uh and we know that and that's why uh, coach always harps on you know attention to the details because in the heat of the moment if you're not doing something correctly and you know you're forcing them to make a call or make a choice you know, nine times out of ten, Iowa State's not getting the call. So,
1: were heads held high after that West Virginia game, or was did it take a while to really come down from it all? Like in the yeah, locker room, you, I guess.
2: No, for sure. I mean, after after any loss, that's tough. I mean, it, it's it's tough to you know suck it up and get on the plane and go back home and pretend like everything's all right. Um, but like I said, the short term memory. Uh, I mean. Yeah, you, you can let it, you can let it hurt for a little bit, but by the next day, you better be over it because we, we got to get ready for whoever's coming next. So, I mean, every loss is tough, but if you go out there and you leave everything you had out on the field, uh, there's, you can't really ask much else, you know, and and I know for fact um, that not one of those guys ever quit. And, again, that's all you can really ask. You know, we we gave it our best shot, didn't quite work. But, um, you know, now we can just go out next week and try and prove ourselves.
0: Awesome. Love that. So, I'm, uh, Rory, I'm looking forward to uh, next September because it's just going to be such a unique time, you know, in, in Iowa State football and just really the whole athletic department because so many things are changing. I mean, obviously we're seeing – two huge pieces on off a a lot of huge pieces on offense you know Purdy Charlie uh Brees and then a huge special teams part Rory Walling uh and so so what so the nice thing is that since you're a former player you can kind of talk as a fan as well but what are your expectations as as a former player and as a fan for next year because obviously it's just going to be completely different setting. I mean, we have so many new guys. I'm assuming Hunter is going to be under center. We'll have gyro in the backfield, but we're just going to get a completely different look at the team. What are kind of your expectations? I know those are your guys, but no, yeah, as a fan, what are are your, what's your take on next year?
2: Yeah. You know, I mean, I think, um, I think expectations are, are a funny thing to talk about first and foremost. I mean, because expectations are what you want to make of it. Right. So um, all that pressure and that type of deal, you know, if you let it get to you, then you let it get to you. But um, realistically, the only guys uh, that it really matters, you know, what's in their head is the guys on the team. Uh, and I think that we're in a really good spot realistically. I mean, I remember when Coach Campbell came in 2016 and he's coaching a team that, that you know, it was his team, but it wasn't, you know, he didn't recruit any of those guys, you know, uh, it was a different culture with Paul Rhodes and, You know, he's trying to find a way to win without guys that he brought in. And, uh, you know, I was the first full recruiting class he had. And so um, and to see the success that we were able to have in those four or five years, you know, um, is is a testament to, you know, who Campbell and the whole coaching staff want to bring in and want to um, uh, bring as a part of the culture. Um, and, and i know that word culture gets talked about a lot but um but that's really what it is and so um you know i i fully expect uh, an uber successful year um, because that's what this team is built on and that's what the program is built on you know um every every single one of those coaches um uh, is going to be you know working just as hard and every single one of those players uh though there's not a whole bunch of experience um you know, they've seen uh, they've seen some pretty great examples in front of them of, uh, you know, how to do it, how to prepare, how to play the game uh, the Iowa State way.
1: I love that. So, you know, we we mentioned a lot of people returning next year or a few people returning next year, but more so a completely different look. Now, who I'm most excited for is Jirel, you know, two four star running back recruits in the same class. You don't normally hear of that, especially with cycle and football, but we had that. And unfortunately, Brees Hall is just Brees Hall. You know what I mean? Right. And uh, hard to get some snaps, I guess, when that guy's in front of you. And he was he was one of my concerns. I'm like, my gosh, if we don't find a way to get him just somewhere on the field, which they did, you know, we used him in special teams a lot too. But, uh, you know, sometimes those athletes, they just want to hit the transfer portal. So credit to him for sticking around. It's going to be his time. Sure. And as someone who's been waiting for so long to, you know, see that guy more, I don't think that we'll see too much of a drop off between Brees and Jairrell, I'm sure we might, but like, I don't think it'll be very uh, noticeable. I guess. Um, now, you you're in practice with him all the time. Like, what are some things that you see that he does better than a lot of other people in the league?
2: Yeah, no, for sure. And and before I jump into Jairrell, I think it's important to also remember uh, who was um, backing up Brees last year was Kiné Nuangu, who's yeah. uh, you know, drafted third round. Um, played behind David Montgomery Brees Hall and is getting pro bowl votes, pro bowl votes as a, as a rookie. So, I mean, Brees, Brees was Brees and David was David. And now Kene is doing his thing. And and like you said, now we got Jirel and uh, you know, every single one of those running backs is very different. You know, uh, they run the ball differently. They see, they see the defense differently. Um, uh, and, they they end up they have different running styles, right? And so, uh, Jairrell is um, you know he's he's an exceptional running back, big, strong, physical, and I think um, you know one of the more powerful running backs that I've seen us have. You know, um, and when I say powerful, I mean you know he's not getting tackled by a single safety. You know, a one high safety, he's not. Um, you know, he's gonna he's gonna stiff arm a linebacker or even maybe a DN because that's just the way he runs the ball and the way he's built. So uh, I'm super excited to watch Jirel go out there and, you know, just be him um, because that's the most important thing you got to do is just be yourself while running the ball. Um, and I think he's got that down and watching him in the ball game and do everything that he was doing there uh, was, you know, uh, exciting for me to, to say the least. So.
1: Absolutely. And to keep on the same train of running backs. I mean, Dion. okay, you're gonna to have to help me with his last name. Is it Silas or Silas?
2: Deon Silas.
1: Silas, okay, I am yeah. mispronounced it both times. Look at me.
2: Oh, good. Um, you good. know,
1: <laughs> he just appears to be like just the spark plug. And again, another guy that I wish I was able to see more in action. Yeah. You know, talk a little bit about him and what are you seeing in practice from Deon? Deon, whatever.
2: My goodness. Yeah. Oh, all good. Now, so a little <laughs> DD. We call him DD. Um, you know. Lil DD, man, like you said, he he's just like a little energy money, you know. And and uh and it's funny, you know, I'm at the end of my career, I was 23 and Dion's 18. So there, I mean, there's a five year gap between us. Um, but you know, you, you love him just like anybody else. And so uh it's pretty awesome to watch him practice and watch him grow. Um, I think it, it's it was super beneficial to have Gyro and Brees obviously in the room uh to help him grow um and figure out you know how do you play college running back like what 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 does that look like you know um how how do you prepare how do you study how do you uh you know learn the plays learn the signals all of it um because it's much more complicated than high school obviously Uh, and so there's a lot more things that you have to take into consideration Um, but dd uh you know uh, like i said everyone in the room has has completely different strengths than the other uh, which I think makes that room just that much more dangerous because um, you know, you, you have to prepare for a guy like Jirel uh, and then you got to prepare for like a little energy bunny like DD. Um, and you know, how do you attack that as a defense? And I think that makes it really tough.
1: That's fun. I'm going to call him DD from now on too. Sheesh. Yeah,
2: that's good. <laughs>
3: um so I have a kind of a running back question here. Um, this last week, uh, the 49ers offensive coordinator, Mike McDaniel kind of went viral for explaining, uh, a pretty recent trend that's kind of happened in football where they've kind of stopped handing the ball off to running backs. And instead they toss it straight back as a running back. Can you explain like how that's just kind of beneficial and why that's maybe a little bit more advantageous to getting a, a handoff, you know, your yeah. line scrimmage on up?
2: No doubt. No doubt. So, um, at running back the the one one of the hardest things to teach is vision um and that's what that's what separates good running backs from great running backs and great running backs from hall of fame running backs um you know uh alvin kamara is is in my eyes one of the best running backs in the league without a doubt i mean he's a top three top two guy um and it's all because of his vision and so when you have a great understanding of the blocking scheme that's happening Uh, And you can give a running back a toss five yards behind it and then watch those seams open up and then you can hit it. And you can you can um, you can also bait linebackers into overplaying it and cutting back or vice versa. Um, Setting up blocks is a huge thing um, uh, that all happens with vision. And so um, when you have those uber talented running backs that just understand the play and understand how the defense is going to play you um that that would be super beneficial
3: yeah i um i i didn't like think about it uh, until like he explained it i was like that makes so much sense actually just like give them that time and the ability yeah. to like, literally like see a hole open up or you know you know give their alignment just that split second versus you know you're hanging the ball off you're only then probably getting the ball two to three yards from the line of scrimmage and there's way right. less space for you to work with it, it seems yeah. so like it's like, how wasn't this thought of sooner? Because it makes too much sense, type type right. deal.
1: But
2: yeah, yeah, no doubt.
1: So, Rory, you know, we've had, a, I think we've had a little bit of success in the past of not getting hit by the transfer bug too terribly hard. But there were some surprises, at least as fans um, from, you know, Joe Skates, Tariq Milton, just to mention a couple, uh, and Aishim, of course. You know, were those much, you know, were, were those surprising to you, you know, sharing the same locker room with them or did you kind of see, you know, some of their, some of their future before they actually made that decision?
2: Um, yes. Yes. Kind of, I guess. I, I'm, I mean, I'm kind of right in the middle of that answer, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. um, it, it always kind of catches you off guard a little bit. Um, you can see it happen. You can see it not. Um, but, you know, I think at the end of the day, um the most important thing and this is how i've always viewed it um you know if if that's if that's what uh is best for their future and you know their career then go for it you know and and you know earlier on in my career um there was a kid in my class devin moore uh from waterloo west and uh and he transferred and i and devin and i were we were really good friends and i remember you know sitting there i was like "Well, that you know that kind of sucks you know like we were boys but you know, then he went off and and uh, to South Dakota, and, and he loved it. And so, um, I, I think that's one thing that I think it's hard as fans sometimes to to think about and remember. But uh, I also would say that our fan base is really supportive of you know what, whatever our guys want to choose and uh, to go and do. So
1: that's good to hear because I think I the internet is the worst place for any sort of opinion, right? And whenever right. these yeah, whenever the news breaks. You see how different fan bases react. Maybe I'm biased, but I truly do feel like Iowa State does a great job supporting. And at the end of the day, it's, it's not our decision. It's theirs. And they need to do what's best yeah. for, for them. And like we understand that. But I think sometimes with uh, other fan bases, they remove the uh, human aspect of it and treat it just as, as if you're a fanatic. Yeah. And we're all fanatics, but you kind of got to bring it back. Now, uh, on the know. contrary, <laughs> what is that? I said, uh, Iowa
0: fans act like their guy committed a yeah. oh, homicide. I mean, on <laughs> it is hilarious reading those Jeez. replies. Their replies yeah. are ridiculous.
1: <laughs> like, how, I guess, oh, man. I don't really know if you, that's because they're a really good example. I didn't want to say them. Thank you for pulling it out of me, Liam. I really appreciate that. But, like, do you have any friends that are on, like, the Hawkeye football team or kind of like, yeah, just, we don't feel supported right there. Or, I mean, yeah. Was there a question somewhere in there?
2: I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know really any Iowa kid. I mean, I, I know a couple of the guys just cause they're from the Des Moines area and that type of deal. But um, I, I, I don't really talk football with them. You know, if it, if it's anything, it's like, Hey, how's the family doing? That type of deal. But, um, but yeah, so that's probably taking the high road, huh? Yeah, I guess
0: <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, it's like the rest of Des Moines and anybody that went to Dowling, you know, you have no reason to talk to them or be on a podcast with them. Um, Go Maroons, baby. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so Rory, one thing that was awesome, especially, especially our senior year was how, how we got to see all the, all the football guys out on Welch. And, uh, it, and it was just awesome seeing y'all out there uh, kind of as a person and off the field, I mean, you, Charlie, allegedly, (laughs) Brees. But one person that we know all the crazy things he's done on the field and all the records he holds, but we never really saw him out, and I know he kind of kept to himself uh, outside of the football team, was Brock, Brock Purdy. Um, What is – and I know he's a sneaky, funny guy because there are some hilarious clips that have come out of the locker room Obviously yeah. the iconic horns down picture that he was throwing. What yeah. is And not to put you on the spot here, but what is the funniest off the field Brock Purdy story you have that, that you can share with us?
2: You know, the thing about Brock, Brock is hilarious, you know, and, and you want to like, it, he kind of is like hilarious, but you don't, you don't quite expect it. And then all of a sudden it just comes out. And I think, I think one thing, and it's not one story, but I think his, his impersonations are, I mean, are just gold and, and they'll just come out at the most random times. Um, you know, there, there's been times where like, he'll like, we're in the hotel and he's like calling people on the phones and like pretending to be a coach or something. And then having like all the young kids freak out. And it's just like the funniest thing ever. Because you know, we're got to remember which coach is the
0: best. Which coach is the best? I know he, oh,
2: he does. I mean, he does a great coach, Campbell. He does a really good coach, Bite, our linebackers' coach. Um, and then he's got a he does a couple like he, he got good at a couple of the seniors, so he could do Greg really well. And then Charlie, I mean, Charlie's was, I mean, that was hilarious. So, I mean, because Charlie's got like this little frog voice sometimes, yeah, yeah. it's and it comes out. Oh, my gosh. So, no, Brock's, Brock's impersonations are are probably by far the funniest he is. And, I mean, it, it's good. It's good stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm just glad he stayed sober all four years, allegedly.
2: He did. <laughs> yeah, of course.
1: Damn. Uh, good for him.
0: I have a great question here.
3: Um how did it feel to kick Texas's ass three years in a row, and especially this last year was just kind of a, a, a spanking? Can you like, does it just feel really good when you know it's a bunch of like five star, four star could go anywhere guys, and you're just kicking their ass on, on the football field?
2: Yeah, you know, to to come into to Cyclone Nation, you know, and you know I started for three years and to never lose to Texas while I was playing, that's pretty. I mean, that's insane and and you know that's a, they're obviously a blue blood and and you know when you step out on the field they look like an NFL team and and just uh, you know essentially break their will at some point uh, especially the very last game and you know it, it's crazy you know you you sit there and, and then you win the game and it's like okay i don't know like really how we just did that but we did it and then that was like two or three years ago and then did it again. And then to have it the game that we just had. I mean, it was like, okay. So <laughs> it was pretty awesome though. It's kind of a, a feeling hard to explain because uh it doesn't seem like it should be happening. But obviously we went into the game knowing it was gonna happen. So um it's it pretty fun. I
3: don't know why, but they're they're easily probably my favorite team to just like watch us get like beat because
2: Yeah. They're, they should mm-hmm. win every game, like,
3: hypothetically. And it's For just sure. so nice to see them, like, flounder. And then they're right. also going to go to the SEC, which just is unfortunate because at this rate, we, we you know, like, we've already won three in a row. We're probably going to – we're eventually going to, like, overtake them in the our historical, like, <laughs> with them, too. You
0: know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're getting close. Oklahoma's a little
3: longer, but uh... – <laughs>
0: How many how many pictures of uh monkeys and stripper poles were posted in the locker room before you guys played Texas
2: <laughs> There was none but it was talked about quite quite a bit um that that's that will forever be one of the craziest sports stories I've ever heard so <laughs> it's well, incredible I, I don't, it's inc- it seems like an SNL skit but almost not even believable so i mean
0: uh piggybacking off of uh you know we're talking about texas leaving the big 12 i want to talk about teams entering the big 12 how excited are you to host a ton of mormons and aims in the year of 2025 because i just want to get hammered and be around just mormons i don't know there's something about that that just seems <laughs> it seems Maybe enticing give a couple of pbrs you know <laughs>
2: Yeah, no, it'll be quite the uh, quite the uh, shock, I'm sure, for our, our people of Ames um, uh, to to have them file on in. But um, I, I think it'll be awesome. I think the expansion of the Big Twelve, um, it, it's going to be great. I think we have some great teams coming in. Um, obviously, BYU is BYU, and uh, Houston, and UCF, and oh yeah, Cincinnati. I guess they're pretty good too. So yeah, they played okay um, this year yeah yeah they're pretty solid so no i think it's awesome you know and and i think one aspect of all of it uh that i don't know if a lot of people are talking about is uh the recruiting aspect of it uh you know having teams from all over the nation kind of like that um and scattered throughout uh opens up uh a recruiting niche um for for the entire big 12 which i think is really cool as well so um yeah so i think it'll be really awesome
1: was there any school, you know, you've been with uh, the team for how many years? Four or five years? Um, yeah. Is there any particular team or teams that stand out to you that you just really respect their fan base? Or you really respect their culture? I mean, talking with fans in the Big Ten, like, I just I love to bag on Iowa today, I guess. You know, it's yeah. consistent that when they visit Iowa City or when Iowa fans visit them, there's going to be blood. It's never fun. It's never very respectful. It's always yeah. just... we're here to someone's going to try and kick someone's ass, but like, is there any particular fan base or university that you really just appreciate their culture? You like, you know, upstanding individuals, I guess.
2: Um, that's a great question. Um, I don't know if I've ever thought about, um, you know, you have, hmm, I guess I want to say one that really sticks out. Um, I think that there's some, some fan bases, and and teams that you know um I respect a little bit more considering they're more like us um and and to me that's, those are you know as horrible as am I, I mean but K-State I mean I feel like uh for oh, a yeah. long time Iowa State and K-State were very I mean very very comparable and you know the Farmageddon and that whole deal I think that's a lot of fun and um you know Bill Snyder uh who's obviously uh, historically. They, uh, that's their guy. Um, you know, I, I think, I mean, uh, had the utmost class and character. And so um, so I, I would say probably K-State. Um, and, and I think Bill Snyder made it that way. And I think it'll stay that way for a long time uh, because of what he did and um, his tenure there.
1: I, I like that answer a lot because um, a lot of Iowa State fans are starting to develop a, a much more heated rivalry in farmageddon now yeah. i've always liked K they are kind of like you said respected them them and okie State, right. i've always really enjoyed them and um yeah just seeing this rivalry continue to build up is really fun but what it usually says is these fan bases are very similar and they probably yeah. have more similarities and differences but those differences is like what they disagree on and they can't they're, they're so appalled that the other side doesn't agree with it because they're so similar in many other ways so i yeah. think the rivalry is get is just getting started i think it's oh, gonna be a sure. really fun rivalry moving forward
2: yeah no i agree and and they got uh they got a good coach down there uh obviously i mean he's he's historically had a lot of great success uh i think the only difference between the fan bases and the teams is we like cardinal they like purple so
0: yeah fair enough how depressing is it playing at Kansas? <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, it's not. It's 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 not great. Um, you know, <laughs> I, yeah, you know, I, you, I don't know. I, I it's tough. It's a tough place to play because it's it's just bad. I mean, I, and and I've only ever played there during the day, and I can't imagine how how much worse it would be at night. So. Um, I don't know. My, my cousin goes there. And so, um, that that's horrible for him. I told him not to go, but he did. And, uh, he didn't even like go to our game when we played down there because he was like, yeah, there's no point for me to go. I'm not even going to go watch it. I was like, okay, that's sweet. So good family member there. I, I mean, yeah, no.
0: serious question. Is it, is it next to impossible to get prepared mentally for that game? Cause you're, I mean, everybody in college football finds Kansas to be the biggest joke of all time and then yeah. there are 200 fans, you know. Like.
2: Yeah. I think I think that um it, it is, but it's not because uh you know they're still division one athletes. I understand it's not the greatest program. They don't have the greatest facilities, but at the end of the day, um, you know, they, they got a chip on their shoulder because they went to Kansas for a reason. And whether that reason was that was their only offer offer, or it was, um, you know, their team growing up, uh, they want to win just as much as you do. And uh, so I think that's something that uh, some teams can get lost in while playing them. Um, and like, yes, a lot of people might just mark it off as a win at the beginning of the season, but um, you know, you got to go into every game with the mindset of, Hey, we're going to give you our best shot. Um, because if you don't, then, you know, bad things will happen. And you don't want that to happen against Kansas. So, Like, like Texas. Yeah, I, I wasn't going to say that. But, yeah, no, definitely. I was going to. <laughs> that was going to be my follow-up. I was getting there. Yes, like, I mean, you've got to take them seriously. They, they will beat you if you're not careful. I mean, they, they have the, in the field, And they will. <laughs> they will. Yeah. And you don't want to get stormed on.
1: Did that even not surprise you? When you just like looked at the score and saw holy shit, Kansas is kicking Texas's ass. I think it ended up being a one possession game by the end of it, but at one point it felt like they were up by like twenty.
2: Yeah, yeah I re- I remember watching the score. Uh, I think my- I think the greatest thing to come out of that game though was um, the Applebee's commercial with the fullback um, who the fullback who caught the the two point conversion um he like did an applebee's commercial and he said you know, always go for two and i think it was like a commercial for the two for 20 and it was the fun, it was like the greatest walk-on moment of all time right there like and of course it was a kansas fullback that got it so
3: oh, it's a, the that? best use of nil i've I've seen this year oh, by far easily. it was so good <laughs> easily
1: always get in the neighborhood baby <laughs> <laughs> So, talking about some other teams, this news broke just today. Uh, Chuba Purdy committing to the Huskers. Just tell me how to feel about that. What? I'll I'll feel how you tell me to feel about it.
2: Yeah. So, I love Chuba. I love the family, obviously. Um, You know, I I don't know how to feel about it because I don't know who's even coaching at Nebraska at this point. They just fired their entire offensive staff. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, I, I hope it's good. Um, I can't say, um, it will be, but, um, I'm, I'm super excited for him and to get an opportunity at the end of the day. Um, you know, I I've had one of my roommate's brothers played at Nebraska. Uh, so that's really the only tie I knew from there. Um, but, you know, it, it seems like they're obviously rebuilding and they got a lot of faith in um, uh, and frost. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm just hoping that, that, uh, that'll go as good as you know it can be for, for Chubba because like I said he's a great kid and he deserves to you know get on the field and just play football so
0: as a he's as got a, a lot of talent Nebr- too. as a former Nebraska fan and I know Chubba I know you're listening because uh, you listen to every episode but Chuba uh <laughs> please <laughs> mute your mentions for the next Three or four years, however you're gonna, however long it's gonna be, because they are one of the most toxic fan bases in college football. So, Chubba, Chubba, I know you're listening. Just please mute your mentions. Does that noise ever get like? I
1: don't know. Like, is it ever that easy to tune out the noise? Especially like if if your own fan base isn't being as supportive as you want them to be. Like when they're just really highly critical of their own team. I mean, hopefully, you didn't see it too terribly much at Iowa State, but I—I I know it comes out.
2: Yeah, you know, um, it, it is, it is, and it's not. Uh, if you if you let it seep in, then it's hard to you know stop those floodgates. Um, you know, I, I think you know me being uh, really only a special teams player, uh, obviously, I, I've seen countless tweets about special teams, and you know. Um, because we haven't always been the best and, um, you know, we've given, given up some, some big plays and, uh, and that type of deal. So, uh, and it's easy to, you know, see one tweet and then, then you're kind of searching for another tweet. Um, but I think, I think the, the biggest thing and the most important thing is, you know, you can read those and whatever, but at the end of the day, you know, that, you know, the guy sitting next to you on the bus on the way home, um, feels just as bad as you do and there's there's really no reason to you know uh immerse yourself in that type of negativity uh it, it hurts it hurts um uh, a lot already that you've lost um and to, to see negative comments you know uh it's unfortunate um and unfortunate the fans feel that way and feel the need to express it um but you know i think it's important to realize that we're 18 to 22 year old two-year-olds and we're just young men out there playing a game um for you know our joy and for your guys's entertainment so um i don't know
3: um yeah, hand up I, I sent some special teams <laughs> tweets this year i i uh, i was <laughs> that was usually looking, me i was looking at your face <laughs> as yeah. you said that if you did one of these
0: drugs, you know yeah
3: um <laughs> to be fair i never one of our rules especially when you're on account is like we never try to use one specific name it's normally like a unit as a whole and it's just like we're never Mm -hmm. gonna throw anyone on the bus but it would be really nice if we could punt the ball and not worry about losing the field position battle because it's so important
2: and and i think that's for sure
3: frustrated about no no, yes
2: no (laughs) no i i i totally understand it and and you know like i said i'm Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of people that obviously agree. And, you know, as a football player or ex football player who understands football, yeah. Field position is huge. Um, But yeah, so uh, it's understood. It's just something that, um, you know, as a, as a player, you know, you can, you can see through um, some of them and nothing on, on you at all, but just, you know, those are all these things to, to think about. And, you know, as fans, um, the ability to criticize is, is, you know, part of it and, you know, that coming into it. So.
0: I, I have a kicker question. So uh, one thing that was nice this year was having Meevis come in and he almost had these cat like abilities to uh, hit a field goal outside of uh, outside of 40 yards, uh, which is something that, I mean, not to round a solid, but I mean, it was, it, it was tough for us to, feel super confident just i mean he was he was he was mr 35 yards he would hit absolutely every 35 yard field goal but was it tough seeing connor on the sidelines like kind of go out there like oh am i gonna kick this one am i gonna kick this one and then especially with him being the kicker for so long and this guy comes in and just you know kind of takes his job did you talk to him at all during the season um i don't know
2: Yeah, yeah yeah you know i i think um you know, Connor. Connor's a great guy, and uh, and I think he handled it um, as well as you know anyone would, um, really, um, because that's tough. You know, you have a job for for four years, you beat out countless uh, other guys, and then this other guy comes in and and just starts hitting you know bombs. Um, and I think the the greatest thing about Connor is he took a step back and you know understood, hey. You know, if this is what's best for the team, that's all right. And uh so he was very selfless about um, you know, what was going on. And uh, and like I said, you know, me this, you know, was was ice, I mean, ice in his veins just didn't let anything really bother him ever. Uh, and that was really cool to see. Um, so uh so I think it was both ways and you know, I think there was mutual respect between the two of them. Um, because ass, ass sally was able to um uh you know have a great career and nevo just came in and um built off of whatever legacy he was building here so
3: i mean that texas kick by ass alley is like oh maybe iconic. one of my favorite highlights to post just randomly yeah. it's like hey it's tuesday middle of the work week fucking sucks remember when ass alley drained it oh, to beat texas awesome. at home
2: <laughs> like amazing here you amazing. go yeah a little little <laughs> Exactly. He, he had his, he had some, some, you know, all time classic moments in cyclone football history. And the greatest thing is no one can take that away from him. And I think that uh, that that's really cool. And whether his last season went the way he wanted it or not uh, at the end of the day, he made some really important kicks to, you know, push our team to where it is today. And, um, you know, Cyclone Nation will forever be grateful for uh, the contributions that Connor was able to to give.
1: I think it's also worth noting that I, I believe me, this was Big 12 transfer, special teams transfer of the year. He, he won Something a like specific that, yeah. Like, award. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, he was he was a hell of a player and it wasn't necessarily that like, as Ali got benched, it was almost just like, man, this guy is just you know really showing consistency, and he's really turning right. out to be something special. But that's not something you see with every school, you know. When because that, I'm glad Liam brought that up. That is such like a unique circumstance of someone having a job for so long, and then uh, yeah, like it's rare, but that kind of shows the culture of Iowa State. You know, just taking it. This is what's best for the team. You know, when Joel Lanning moved from QB to linebacker, I'm sure there's a huge part of them that hated it, but he didn't vocalize that. And he said, yeah, this is what's best for the team. And I just think, man, it's, it's just so damn impressive to see all of you players handle yourself in this hyper-mature fashion because you usually only get a select few hyper-mature players with each squad, but it just feels like every single player at Iowa state is just like going to be the CEO of a company someday, you know? <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. No. And that kind of brings me back to, to the point I made um, far earlier in this podcast was, you know, these, these are the people that coach Campbell, brought in and these are the people that coach campbell wants to win with and you know um if if coach campbell can go out there and trust you to do your job then you're then you'll play and um and and i think that part of that comes with hey are you mature enough to handle the moments because there's some really big moments in every football game um that you might get that you might get put in without knowing it and it's just uh it just happens it's a happening And um, and I think that that is a testament to, you know, what Campbell has um, made this program into today.
1: I love that. And honestly, I only have one more question, but I've just been dying to ask it, you know, with these players that are coming next year that we haven't seen too much film on. Are there any specific players that you think We'll be surprised by that just you know come out of nowhere because there's bound to be a couple every year, especially when we have this much turnover. Um, so what are a couple couple people to, to look out for next year? And then side question: Is there any uh celebration that's better than yours and Hanukkah's with the shotgun celebration? Are do we have any of those to look out for?
2: Yeah, so um, so current players on the team or guys coming in,
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, guys coming in next year who will be new.
2: Yeah, um shoot. Um, I think. We, we got a, we got a good group of receivers coming in, um, you know, uh, I, I think that will be a really interesting dynamic uh, with X coming back and Sean Shaw, um, but losing Charlie and Chase, that's tough. Um, and so we'll, we'll have to have some uh, tight ends like Deshaun and Easton step up and, and play tight end. Um, but uh, I think the the depth in that receiver room with, uh, you know, a couple four stars that are coming in. Um, uh i think have a chance to you know make a make a big name for themselves early on um and and with hunter obviously hunter has a great arm and so he likes to sling it and so uh, i think i think that's something that to definitely watch for um and obviously jalen uh jalen as well coming back so mm-hmm. i think uh that receiving core um you know, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be really strong, and you know you're gonna see some new faces, you're gonna see some old faces, and um, I think that'll be a lot of fun to watch as a fan um, under you know a, a, a newer team and a young team. Um, celebration wise, I don't know. I, that's no one comes stuff. close, huh? I you know that that was a that was a moment when we when we came up with that. I mean, I, that's that's going to be tough to beat. But, uh, you know, I got faith that, you know, somebody's going to score a touchdown and come up with something. So I, we'll see. But I'll let you guys know if anything sticks out to me.
1: Hell yeah. Actually, I lied. I do have a follow-up question. Um, With Hunter Deckers and Purdy, I mean, I think they're both really talented in just kind of different ways. I think Purdy's vision was really incredible. You know, he kind of knew always where to look first and go through his progressions well. Uh, But yeah, Deckers has just got an arm and he's got, you know, the straight line speed, whereas I think Purdy was a bit more nimble. This is just what I'm seeing, you know. So again, a lot of the questions I've been asking you is like, what are you seeing in practice? Are there any major differences? Well, I'm sure there are but like are there any parts of Decker's games that you think he could use some offseason work on to really kind of perfect his skill set but then what are the things that separate him from other great quarterbacks
2: yeah you know uh that quarterback position um you can never be over prepared you know i think um you know and this might be um an unpopular opinion between all of us here but that is what has always made tom brady tom brady you know he prepares better than anybody in the world and anybody probably ever will, because he's Tom Brady and that's how he's successful. Um, So I think that for any quarterback um, and any inexperienced quarterback, I think just to know the playbook, like the back of your hand and know those progressions and um, you know, to be able to read the coverage, you know, before the snap, like Tom Brady has talked about multiple times. um, I think that is, that that was probably to be the biggest thing just because you haven't got those end game reps. Um, and so I, I think that would be really beneficial. Uh I think the one thing that Hunter Hunter's a great athlete, you know. I mean, he like you said, he, he's got he's got some pretty good speed running straight ahead. Uh he didn't he do like a well
1: 360 bit. windmill dunk too.
2: I'm sure he did. That one not surprise me. He's a freak it's athlete, crazy. yeah, yeah. And, and then he's and then it's attached he's got a rocket launcher attached to his arm so i mean that's that's hard to come by watching somebody throw the ball like that um i haven't seen very often at all so um i think that that will definitely um set him apart i think from uh, a lot of quarterbacks uh in this uh coming season um because he can sling it
0: yeah i'm really excited to watch him i'm pumped for it yeah. I, so, Roy, my last question here is: uh, So, going back to senior night, uh, I was rooting so hard for you to get the ball on like the one yard line. Put put him in at running back for one. Was there anything that came up during the game, like any instance that y'all talked about pregame, or maybe Campbell said something to you where you were going to get the ball and potentially score?
2: Now, the biggest, um, uh, the the biggest person who wanted that to happen more so probably even than me was breece. um breece came up to me all week in practice he's like hey yeah like I, i'm, I'm going to like well, i'm going to get us up and then you're, you're going to go in and run the ball and score. i'm like okay sounds good breece. he would tell me that like every day and then like pregame warm ups like oh yeah like are you ready? i'm like yeah sure like it's not you're not making the shots like okay. and so um so that breece Brees was a big advocate of that um it didn't end up happening which is all right. Um, I, I did get in for, for the nail at the very end, um, which I, I actually practice every week, you know, believe it or not. Um, I always sub myself in. And, uh, so that was, that was a lot of fun, but, um, but no, so that Brees was the biggest advocate, but, um, you know, that was a good team that we were playing and, uh, you know, it is what it is, but had, had to get some, uh, some other kids um some other guys uh some reps uh for later on in their career so damn
0: would have been the deadliest score with gloves on since oj (laughs) all right (laughs) um
3: mine's kind of cheesy but um i always like to hear like you know kind of Summing up your your football career, what do you think is kind of the best piece of advice or, you know, the most significant thing you ever heard from a coach, whether it was at Iowa State or before getting to Iowa State, that you think will really allow you to succeed in life down the road?
2: Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Um, you know, and, and this this quote has been talked about a lot. Um, and I and in my mind, this is one of Campbell's staple quotes of all time. Um, if you trust in the process, eventually just maybe the process will, will love you back. Right. And, um, and that quote in and of itself, um, it is, has, has so many different levels to it. You know, if you commit to what you're doing and the process of getting there, um, you know, you're not guaranteed success. You're never guaranteed anything in life. Um, which, which is evident. I mean, Campbell talks about that all the time, but. If you put your trust in this, um, it'll give you an opportunity to potentially go out and do it better than whatever the other opportunity would have been. So I think that that is always uh, a piece of advice I'll carry for the rest of my life. Um, You know, you're not guaranteed, but you can put yourself in better positions than others. And um, it's a matter of are you going to execute on those opportunities? Um, So I think that's always really important to, to remember.
0: Love it.
3: I'm looking at you, Newt. I have one last dumb question. <laughs> it's very just like recent bias. And I just I love to actually just discuss this game with people. But do you play Wordle? And if so, do you have like a, a go-to first or second word?
2: I don't even know what that is, but um Yeah, what is probably, Wordle? No, Does Liam?
0: Do you know? no no i heard i heard them talking about it on part of my take uh but isn't it just like scramble for i don't know i don't you, know i, I don't you know you have to, to guess like it. a
3: five letter word um and every time you guess and you have six guesses to to figure out the five letter words so then when you guess it it will tell you if you have like letters in the right spot um wrong spot or like none of the letters are used and then you like can go through the alphabet and use guess it, but it's like all over Twitter, and I, uh, so that was why um, it was my my question. But I can't even count that. <laughs> <Yeah. on.
2: laughs> Gosh, five is that was a
1: hell of a last question there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we can cut
0: that.
1: <laughs> no, keep it in. Keep it in, Leo. Uh, I'm
0: keeping it. I'm keeping it. All right. Are Rory. you going to edit this one, Leo? Uh, um, uh, Rory. <laughs> Rory as always man it, it's a pleasure having you on we love having you on uh definitely you're going to have to have you come back on and maybe get a panel discuss uh next year's next year's team when when the time comes up i am just more excited to tailgate with you than anything that'll that'll be hey, incredible it'll be a blast. i'll go buy a couple tables at walmart or something that we can <laughs> send you through uh but but rory <laughs> thanks for coming on uh we appreciate it man thank you yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah no, dude, I congrats on you a hell of
0: a football career, too, man. All
2: right, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Congrats on the retirement. All right.